0: Hello and welcome along to the VMTV Rugby Pod. Alan, if we start with you, a win last Saturday against Fiji, Andy Farrell didn't seem too happy with it. What did you make of it? Being a bit harsh in Ireland, is he?
2: Uh, no, he's not. He's been honest, I think, and um, I like the fact that he's he wasn't trying to hide, um, you know, the performance and the disappointments of the performance. Um, it's always a difficult game, and even chatting to many ex internationals during the week and, and rugby people in general, um, particularly people who've played in these games uh, before these November internationals, the middle yeah. game. It can always be a tricky one. You can get a little bit relaxed in yourself. Um, it's on the back of a really good win against South Africa, a very physical game. And it's not a conscious decision that you drop your standards a little bit, but it's understandable that everybody in the group, probably, and outside of the group, the fans at the stadium—it's all a little bit jovial there. On Saturday, it's a one o'clock kickoff. It's not an excuse because it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be used as an excuse, but it's a reality sometimes that it can just be that type of a situation. And um, you know, there's certainly the team that played. They were trying. They were uh, they were a little bit slow out of the blocks. Fiji obviously got a brilliant early try. We know they're going to do that. Ireland were effective and dominant then with their mall and uh, their direct approach. And they got some tries and you think you think after half time, you're kind of going, Ireland will kick on here now. And, and we get this, uh, we get this, you know, 20 minutes blast of, of, of dominance and, and front foot rugby, but it didn't happen. And part of that Stuart is, is you have to give credit to Fiji. They were illegal in a lot of things they did. But that was down to their competitiveness and their fight, and you know they jumped the gun. They were pulling down malls. They struggled there in the mall area. Um, they were incredibly quick off the off the you know off the line with their defence. And um, you know Vern Cotter, he's a tough, abrasive coach, and I think that's you know you can see his his imprint there. But from an Irish point of view, it was a bit disappointing. It was disappointing as well when, you know, there's a period there where Fiji are down to 13 men. We had this situation last year in the Six Nations against Italy. It's something that, um, look, it's not a big issue, but I just think if you get a sniff of a situation like that in the World Cup, and it could happen very easily, because I think the referees are going to be very, very strict the World Cup next year. Discipline is going to be a big part of that. Um you know, you've got to cap- capitalise. You've got to play what's in front of you. You've got to find the space. You automatically think that the space is going to be out in the back line. But sometimes teams just really fan out. They don't compete at the breakdown. And um, so, yeah, that's something to look back at. But overall, I, I wasn't I wasn't in a feeling leaving the stadium think that you've got to criticise everyone here and it's not good enough. It's just one of those days that, of course, things can be better. And if we want to improve and really get that depth chart in a better position for next year um it should have been better so Andy Farrell was pretty um upfront about that um but you know I wouldn't think it's it's something that's going to overly concern people going forward obviously I think this week and we talk about that in depth um it's back to that kind of high intense standard and uh you know hopefully they can they can find that bit of spark but that spark was missing last Saturday
0: yeah, fair enough. Maybe my words of Andy Farrell being harsh on his team weren't correct. I more mean that like the level of standard Aaron and I don't know, have it must be so high.
1: Yeah, and, and that's the coach's job to keep the standards high. And uh, like Quinny's right that you, these are the games that it, you beat a, you beat a team like Fiji by fifty, everyone goes well you say you should, and then if you don't, everyone goes well why didn't you? It, they're really awkward games. Uh, and if you look over the history of the you know, just the last ten years of the of this middle game, you know, be it Japan or or um, uh, you know Samoa, Tonga, you know, they, they're they're really awkward games, and they never really reach the heights of the of the against that they do against the big, con- uh, big country. So that's that's uh, understandable. But Quinnie's right. The, the the point that got me, we had an eight v six scrum, right? Eight v six. So eight eight uh, Irish men in the scrum and six VGs because of cards with no winger on the blind side and Ireland didn't take advantage of any of that. One, on one scrum, they went too early, so they gave away a bent arm. And then another time, they didn't go to the blind side. Fiji put four on the open side and no on the blind side, and they went to where the four were. That, As a coach, that would drive me nuts. So there there were things there that were not – um Perfect by a lot of uh, uh, by any stretch, but as as Quinny said, w- in the future when you get a sin bin and you get a you get that scenario, there's got to be space. You have got to attack that space.
2: But Matt, Ma- could I just say that um if I'm in the I and look, we both agree in this Ireland needs to be better and maybe better prepared for this stuff. And I think they'll look at that and they'll talk about it because it actually happened in New Zealand as well, didn't? It? in that second yes. test in Dunedin. Yep. Different story with the All Blacks or different beasts there. Sure. But I'm also thinking it's not always that easy. Um, but well, we have to be kind of bring it up. It's not always that easy when there's 13 players against you because there's a desperation, there's a um there's 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 actually a, an energy increase from the players out of fear. God, we're sure. gonna get ripped open here. But I just think Ireland need to be conscious of that. And what you need in that situation, I think, is a real, real calm heads, people who give good communication. And I think Ireland got to try eventually with Mac Hanson, you know, from the Casey passed. But I just think it's something that um, they've just got to be conscious of and and really kind of capitalise in that space. And uh, it's something that maybe could arise again in the future. Well, Quinny, you know, you have strat- you have yellow card and red card strategies.
1: So, so what you know? the what ifs, coaches go through, what if they're down by one? What if they're down by two? What if we're down by one? What if we're down by two? You have these strategies. So when that scrum's called, uh, I think Joey was on the field. That's, when, that's, the, that's the, the strategists in the team need to look and say, okay, let's, let's go here. That's what they'd be disappointed with. And, but I, I'm with you. At halftime, Alan, in that game, I think you, put the, you called the stat out when you were calling there are 107 tackles made by fiji and only 32 made by ireland so it tells you the commitment of of the fijians to their defensive line which i thought was admirable but if if you're looking back you know if we're getting our helicopters and you're Andy Farrell and the coach he's not going to be happy with that but uh, overall does it mean much not really so coming into this week's game i don't think it has much of a bearing on what we we're, we're going to, we can see or hope to see I think
2: they'll actually learn a fair bit out of it as yeah. well, Matt, you know, yeah, agree, Matt. That's, fair. Yeah, that's, why, that's why I'm not being overcritical because um, in simple terms, yes, a lot of stuff could mean a lot better, but actually you can get some stuff out of that given that, you know, the result was never in doubt as regards, I don't think Ireland were ever and- going to lose it. So they can look back and a lot of these players can be handpicked by the coaches and talk to them about what they were feeling, what they need to do better. And obviously with the different people and the, they look back in the video clips. So you can actually get a lot out of it um, yeah. in a sense that um, it, it'll be better and get a bit of understanding of maybe what's required in these kind of flat situations, maybe in one of the pool games exactly. uh, where you're expected to win by 20, 30 points.
1: Well, well you, 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 Quinny, you, you remember um, 2007 World Cup Namibia.
2: And Georgia. And Georgia. Them. I didn't I, play, though, Matt. I didn't play, so nobody could have blamed me. They they can't point the finger at you, Alan, no matter what anyone says,
1: they can't point it. But that's, all that's, it came that's, out. What,
2: that's what Frankie Sheehan kept saying to me. He said, they can't blame us because we're sitting on the sideline. You you and Ferris, and who was the other one? Who was the other one? Oh, Brian Carney. Brian Carney. Um, Brian Carney, Ferris, Stevie Ferris, myself, and um, the Ulster prop, Um uh oh my god i'm gone blank you you coached him um not tommy no it's the 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 head prop
0: that's patrick no
2: no a young um oh my god what's his name i'm gone blank he'll kill us anyway. <laughs> there, was, there was a group
1: of, you that, group of you that can't take any responsibility for namibia that's uh... good,
0: <laughs> Right, Quinny, Enough of the old old glory years. Um, bring it back. Just the final one on the Fiji performance. Obviously, so disappointing for Joey Carbury. I thought did pretty well. Matt sort of mentioned that in the studio. But a word on Jack Crowley and the other debutants, Al, impress you?
2: Um, yeah, they did. I think um didn't get a huge uh, amount of, of opportunity. Um, and and you know, it was such a stop stop start game. I think um, it was great to see Kane Prendergast get on. Um, Jack Crowley and obviously Jeremy Lockman started the game. So again, it's um, a special moment when you win your first cap and it's not always a kind of a a razzmatazz fanfare. Sometimes it can be a little bit like this, but you can be sure those players were absolutely incredibly proud on Saturday evening and um, it's a great moment for them. Um, I I think they... um, For all three, it was stop-start, wasn't it? So it was difficult and there wasn't that kind of continuous flow to the game for Jeremy Lottman to make, you know, he did well. He made a lot of good carries. He had plenty of involvements, same as Keen Prendergast when he came on. He's very abrasive player, big physical guy. Um, I think his ceiling can can kind of grow a lot higher as well. Um, I think Jack Crowley looked composed and you know, if you think you're halfbacks in a situation like that in pivotal positions, um I think his body language in the last number of weeks has impressed people and and, and his skill set, his footwork, um, his physicality. I think um people are starting to really kind of get a feeling by those actions that there's more to come from this guy. There's a lot of talk, um obviously um how he's impressed um irish squad players in training and and um the way he's kind of trained with the squad and um and, and stepped up there so you know a lot of stuff happens in squad sessions and matt will notice and um, behind the scenes you bring in a young one of you two younger players into your national side and everybody goes "Wow, this guy is uh, you know there's something there so there of course there's something there it's not new because uh, um, Jack Crowley was um, outstanding for the under20s two years ago. Very dominant, very direct um, loads of great skills. So um, there is a hope that that can, uh, and you know, it's looking like he's going to be on the bench this week and, and um, he's accelerated into a really good position. I just really feel sorry for Joey Carby again because we're Matt and I both spoke about this with you last week and we're talking about getting some consistency. I was talking um, nudging towards um, Joey Carberry getting through Fiji, good performance, coming off for on 65, 70 minutes when the job is done, Jack Crowley getting his cap, but Carberry starting against Australia. Mm, me too. You no, know, that's like for obvious reasons that we just want to see more of Joey Carberry harvest. in against the top tier one nations. Yeah. And you know, I said this and it's a fact. Johnny Sexton would be saying no I'm playing I want to play every minute I can and he's right and that would have happened but for for that depth and for Joey Carbery and uh, to try and get some more of that bit of swagger that we know he has out of him on a consistent basis and um you know if if there was an injury that he's more prepared there's more stuff in the bank so it didn't happen so I feel I really feel sorry for him again but I think Crowley now could you know he could actually Ask a question or two here, depending what it is. It's very early days, and you know, Australia are going to be tough on Saturday night. They're going to be really reacting from that loss to Italy and it's 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 a tough environment. But it's a great position and a great opportunity for Jack Crowley.
0: Yeah, let's hope we see Joey back out there. But Jack Crowley looks like an absolute player. Man, if we move on to this weekend, your old <laughs> your favorite team, Australia, obviously, but obviously that disappointing defeat. To Italy, a very much different uh, uh, side, second string, if you can say that. But as a squad, they're going to be hurting and they want a big response.
1: Uh, they're humiliated. Uh, there's no doubt about it. It's the first ever loss by an Australian team to uh, to Italy. Um, now, look, the, the coach, Dave Rennie, is getting criticism, and I don't think he should, because you know, you've know got to give. In, in the World Cup cycle, there's certain games you've got to try and give your other players besides your starting 15 time because when you look at, at the Australia, at the Australians this year, they're three tests against England, then they go into the championship, Argentina, New Zealand, and South Africa. Where, he, where There's no easy games there. There's no game there where you say, oh, we can blood a few guys or give guys time. You know, every game at home especially, you're under huge pressure. So this was a this was a game to do that. So, and if anyone's to blame, it's the players. But here's here's the counterintuitive stuff about that. Wallabies were down by a considerable margin, fought back and should have won that game. The week before against France, they led that game and played magnificently. I think they'll win try of the year from that game and were quite superb and lost in the last minute. They then played Scotland, should have lost and won. So if you look at the form of the Australians, beat South Africa, lost South Africa, beat Argentina, lost Argentina, should have beaten New Zealand except for an outrageous refereeing decision, then get smacked in Eden Park. They're like that. And trying to pick where their form is, is impossible. So don't, don't try. We, you, there's no evidence to say which of those Wallaby teams, you know, performances we'll see on Saturday. Here's the but. And they say, never believe in it, you're here before a but, but you have to. This, this, this team is capable of beating good sides, but they're hugely inconsistent. And that's their discipline. Their discipline is very poor. They, you know, red cards, yellow cards. They gave away more penalties. I think it was almost twice as many penalties as New Zealand did in the championship. Now that's you can't win games when you when you're doing that. And that's what's been costing them matches that they should have won. So while the stats on the on the pure L's and W's of who's won and who's losses, who's lost, are against the Wallabies. They they are not far away. Now you've got Hooper coming back into that side. He's an inspiration. He's a great player. They didn't have him for the championship. You've got. Um, I, I personally think that uh, Skelton will be in that side to start against Ireland. There's a there's a there's a number of players coming in that are that are quality players. Now it's not the best Wallaby team we've ever seen, and Australian rugby is digging itself out of a pretty deep hole. But they are capable of winning on Saturday. But whether they can put that together for 80 minutes, look, just no one knows. No
0: one knows whether they can do that. Um I'll, Matt mentioned there, they'll obviously change their team very much from that Italy side. But like Michael Hooper there, what a class act he's been. Also, Bernard Foley, I think, will come in at 10. He's sort of come back, and which is great to see for him because I rate him as well. And then if Skelton plays, he's caused problems for Leinster, as you well know. So certainly have some big names to come in.
2: Yeah, they have, and they, they made 11 changes from um, the team that lost to France. And I think they probably deserved to win in France. They were outstanding, the attack. And we know with Australia, um, there's always a reaction uh, to, to performances when they're disappointing. They really kind of, uh, their skill set is brilliant. And I think ultimately at times, um, against uh, in, in games that they've lost this year. It's been up front, they've become a bit disjointed. they've become a bit um, guys kind of playing on their own um, and not a cohesive unit. I think they're very they have some very, very good players in the team. Hooper is an inspirational player. i watched him for so long. Um, he's an inspiration to anyone that um, wants to show clips of, of work grade, honesty, passion, um, the way he kind of just goes about his business all the time. He's a brilliant attitude. He's incredibly respectful to everybody, and he's as hard as nails. So I, I just love Michael Hooper. I think he's um, incredibly honest um, in his assessment after some of these disappointing performances. But Matt said it when they when they get going, Australia can can be absolutely brilliant, and if they get a sniff, and we saw the incredible try they got in Paris in, um, in the game in France, um, they're. They're a very, very dangerous side. So, you know, Ireland are going to have to be really tuned in here. Um, You know, they've a lot of powerful guys as well. But I think Foley, Bernard Foley, is a very, very effective player. But he's someone that they can run at. And I think if Stuart McCluskey starts, Ireland certainly want to be trying to get him down Bernard Foley's channel. It's no rocket science. Most teams do it. Um, Going after tens and trying to get into that area. So, uh, Valatini. Um, you've got to stop him at source, he gets uh, a lot of brilliant carries, he gets over the game line, and if they get in that position, you know, I think uh, Nick White, I think he'll start man at Scrum Half, yeah, for Sure, he will, I think he's a wonderful player, I know yeah. he um, he he can come up with a bit of dramatics at times, but I think he's a brilliant, brilliant player, I love the fact the way he can bounce in and out of rocks, he can make breaks, he gives short passes, wide passes, and Incredibly intelligent player. So, um Quinny, yeah. interesting on Nick. Just to interrupt you on Nick, he's one of
1: the guys. He went over to Exeter Chiefs, and had a couple of seasons at Exeter Chiefs, came back a vastly improved player. He, he, he is playing really good rugby at the moment. I agree with everything you're saying about him.
2: And I think Kelleway has been outstanding for Australia. You know, really, really sniffs an opportunity, um, and scored a lot of tries this year. Brilliant tries as well, and. You know, Australia seem to score outstanding tries with remarkable passes. And if these passes stick, they can rip teams apart. Problem for them, it breaks down. And that's what Ireland be trying to do. Don't give them that space and opportunity to get the little flicks out of the tackles, the offloads. Uh, but they're a very good side. So, um, and they showed it against France. And, you know, Matt mentioned as well, I think um, you, you, you've got to think that Skelton is going to be hovering here somewhere whether he starts or not and 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 they they Rennie will be trying to get him in the mix so um yeah they're a good side they're a dangerous side and if they when they get it right um they can hurt teams and cause a lot of problems they're ambitious they'll run it out and over so it, you you kind of think bar the weather which is not going to be great on Saturday night, that this could be a brilliant match with both sides trying to play a lot of rugby and keep the ball alive and move it.
0: Matt, are you expecting the wide game plan that Alan's calling there from Australia?
2: Yeah, I, I, you know, the, the,
1: the Australians are you know, very, very um, much to their credit are going back to our DNA and are playing the game in a traditional Australian manner, you know, run the ball. You know, I, I said, I'll "Give you an idea. When I was a kid, I, I kicked a drop goal once, and I got booed because I didn't run it. You know, that wasn't, it
0: wasn't for it because you went
1: through, went through. <laughs> wasn't that great? You know, it we just went over, but I didn't expect to get booed. But that—that that was the attitude. You, you know, what are you doing that for? Run the ball, and and they're doing that. And they—and Quinny's right. They—they they are showing these seconds of brilliance against South Africa in Adelaide." They just scored some absolutely mesmeric tries. Uh, and, and then the next but the next week they come out and they're horrid off the bus, Penalties, errors, unforced errors, knock-ons, like give away scrum penalties, collapse malls, you know, you name it, yellow cards. And that, that's the problem with their play at the moment. So do I expect them to try and run the ball? Now it's gonna bucket rain according to Alan's forecast there. We were talking before we came on, mm-hmm. on air, which is a shame, but you just gotta deal with it. I don't think that that'll affect Australia too much. In some ways, it could be a plus because the way Ireland are playing now, that they want to do the same thing. Ireland want to move the ball, that that multi-phase, high-tempo game. When you when you've got a wet ball, it slows down, and that's going to help the Australians against what is only can be described as brilliant Irish attack. So it's not going to it's not going to be a plus for both sides. But therefore, I think skeleton will start and and put the terror that he has in the past in the Irish sides. Now, he's only one man against 15, and, and, the, and the Irish proved against South Africa the myth about the big men. There's one other guy I think I just want to mention that I hope starts is, is Nick Frost. And I had a lot to do with Nick in his developing years back in Sydney. Six foot seven is the, the, the most promising second rower Australia's produced since John uh, He He was state... 100-metre uh, hurdles champion. He's a decathlete champion of, at age group level, could have gone into college basketball in America, was was signed by the Crusaders, spent two years in their academy before coming back over to the Brumbies. To give you an idea how dopey we are in Australia, the Crusaders had spoken to him about eight months before the Waratahs spoke to him. Like you just shake your head and go, the kid's playing in Sydney. But he's, fortunately, he's come home and he is potentially... A fantastic footballer at the beginning of his international career. So he was supposed to play last week, but he got a bit injured and was sick. I believe he's back in the fold. He's someone to watch. Again, there is so much, there is a lot of potential in this in this Australian side. When you've got a guy like Frost that's six foot seven, six foot eight, you don't lose too many lineouts. And that's what he's in the side for. Then you've got someone like Skelton that's 140 kilos coming into that mall. That's that's that makes their forward pack a, a, a whole lot different.
0: Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to health care, it
1: pays to be extra.
0: Alan, if we bring it back to Ireland, listening to Johnny Sexton and George Flair this week, saying because it's the last Test match or every Test match, they mark it on the level of performance, but it is their last match of the year, so they want to go out in a high before the start of the Six Nations because that's a long wait if they don't deliver a good day out on Saturday.
2: Yeah, for sure, and I think um, you know again, there's there's um, you know a lot of similarities with where we were in two thousand and eighteen and everyone's very conscious of that, but you can't, we can't, they can't kind of take the foot off the pedal and say, well, we are trying to, um, you know, get ourselves right. We don't want to show our hand here. You've got to kind of perform in the here and now I think uh, trying to build more confidence, resilience in the squad. And I think no matter what happens at the world cup next year, it's still, if, if Ireland get out of the pool stages, which we all hope they will, um, Scotland are still going to have a, a a little say in what happens about the two teams that come out of that group um, that they'll be more confident. It's going to be difficult. It's going to be difficult anyway. But what we're enjoying at the moment, you know, an incredible series win in, in, in Australia, in New Zealand, a really good six nations that Ireland could have, you know, narrowly lost out on. Uh, France were brilliant, obviously, and, um, you know, had those fixtures at home which helps and they were, you know favorites probably for the world cup in, in in their own country so it's a really good period again this irish team are playing really well Um, they're 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 easy to watch they're enjoyable to watch i think we had a period at the start under andy farrell and Mike cat where that transition was a little bit different diff, different and it wasn't um all clicking and all happening um so i don't think anyone's going to get carried away they shouldn't but it's really enjoyable now, and there's a real buzz about this team. They look pretty tight. Uh, they look a happy camp, and that's credit to Andy Farrell. I think he's done a magnificent job. I think he's an inspirational leader, and you know the here and now is really good. Um, but Saturday night is about trying to uh, get a result and trying to kind of build another layer of self belief and confidence and in, in this group of players. And uh, there's still a couple of players missing. Um, you know, I hope I want to see Ian Henderson back uh, in the mix as well. And you know, James Lowe hasn't, hasn't played in, in this November series, um, he was outstanding. And I, I love the way he responded from the previous six nations where he struggled defensively. He became a you know, not just a good attacking player for Ireland, but a really important part of their kicking strategy as well. That left boot is so effective, so um. There's a lot of good players there. I'm I'm disappointed for Robbie Henshaw, um, obviously. But, you know, Bundy Ackie, uh is back in the mix, will be back in the mix this week. But, you know, I'm really looking forward to Stuart McCluskey. This is this is a step up, and this is one that, um, you know, he can, he can lay a marker down. He wanted to do it last week. Um, but a win is important, and they won't take... They will not take Australia lightly, I don't think. And there's no guarantee here that you know, Ireland are going to suddenly turn up on Saturday night and, and, and win this game easy. And it's, 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 a, it's a difficult task for them.
0: Yeah, Matt, another opportunity, it looks like, for Stuart McCluskey. Well-deserved in my eyes. But Bundyaki is back in the fold. But it looks like Andy Farrell will go with McCluskey. The right call in your eyes, yes?
1: Oh, 100%. 100% the right call. McCluskey's been excellent. But again, it's, a, it's the right call if we're looking forward to the World Cup. Because... The four centres that you would plan to take would be uh, the, the three the three stalwarts, ring rows at outside centre, Henshaw can play both, Bundy can play both at a pinch or he prefers inside, and then you've got McCluskey who can play inside or 10. So you, you've got a lot of positions covered with those four players. And there might be a day where, where Stewart is – now obviously the other three are in front of him right now, but there might be a day when Stewart's required in a big game and you've got to give guys – time in big games when that's the case I i thought mccluskey was sensational for the short period he was on against south africa um and and i thought he played really really well last week as well so he he's not someone that's not a gamble this is this is a guy that's delivered in in two games and now he's got an opportunity in another big game and i expect him to um keep the high standards that he set on the way through and and we've we've got to say the same pretty much across the board. You know, Jimmy O'Brien, you know, that's the rumor that he's going to get his opportunity on the wing. I think that's a, a really positive thing for him. He's, again, therefore, he, be, he could become a really valuable bench player that covers a number of positions uh, across that that uh, back three and even into the three-quarter line. So against the quality opposition, this is what the young man needs. All pluses. And, and then when we go onto the bench, you know, Casey gets his chance and, um, and uh, Jack, Jack Crowley that we spoke about before, all getting their chance. And just to add on to Crowley, the thing I love about him, I saw him on the field. He was on no more than a few minutes. And there he was laying down the law. You could see him speaking and demanding and leading. And that's exactly what your 10 has to do, whether he's got one first cap or 100 caps. You've got to be the leader, the quarterback on the field. And that's what the other players respect about, about leadership from their 10s. So all those selections, if if they're right, and that's what we've been told, I think are really positive ones.
0: Yeah, definitely. and I just want to touch on your last actually answer there. You were chatting about Farrell, even the likes of Sexton, Der Flair, and Shane, all these guys getting nominated for awards. It is a cracking time to be in that Ireland camp.
2: Yeah, it is, and it's... Um... It's it's so deserving for 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 all of them to and they they've got to enjoy it and uh, they're special awards to be to be nominated for and they're I think they're pretty deserving. Um, it's been a you know sensational year for Ireland again. I think I'm always nervous and the player in me still goes God don't talk up um don't talk it up too much now because you know australia could beat ireland on saturday yeah, it, it would be it would be a shock but yeah, it will happen so yeah. you know the player me still goes you know be careful here and don't kind of of course ireland should win the game and and that's what they'll be expecting for themselves to do but you know as i said uh, australia if they get a chance if they get a sniff um on the back of a really disappointing that their last two losses, I think um, they would have been heartbroken in France, and and then to go to Italy last week and you know they would a kick in the end of the game to win it, which would have kind of papered over a poor performance and a brilliant one from Italy, to be fair. Um, so yeah, they'll be gunning for them on Saturday night. But it's wonderful, it's wonderful to see this recognition and um, Johnny Six at Thirty Seven being nominated again for World Player of the Year. We know what Josh van der Fleer has done all season. He's been wonderful. The consistency in his performances, the, the the growth in his game around his carries and his aggression um, has been brilliant. So they deserve to be there. Dan Sheehan, um, part of me would be putting Dan Sheehan as, uh, in, in the World Player of the Year in the senior category as well because, wow, just phenomenal. I just... You know, you get feelings at games at times, and I was just there, just to be there in New Zealand and just see this guy in a mantle, notice from playing, being in Australia, being in New Zealand. You know, even in that first test, when Ireland conceded some tries that were a little bit against the run of play at times, they were punished uh, by some All Blacks brilliance. Just to see Sheehan there running around the field and taking on ball and swatting guys and charging up and down the field and, like... I, I, I was in awe, and he's just grown so much as well. And uh, he's a wonderful player. And you know, in that position of having Ronan Keller as well, I think we've two world class hookers um, who are still so young. They're going to be there for a long time. Hopefully, they they stay injury free. But um, and then the coach, um, I just think um, I love his he, the way he goes about his business. He's he's quite relaxed. He's very approachable. Um, he's not in any way bothered by people around him or media people or you know, he's very pragmatic and he's honest and, um, he's old school, you know, Andy Farrell was one of the hardest rugby league players that ever played the game. Um, that does just happen by chance. That's internal strengths and external strength and physicality and all that stuff. But he's hard. And I think it doesn't guarantee you to be a successful coach and do brilliance. And what a tough job to go in after Joe Schmidt, who had incredible, incredible success with Ireland. And I just think he's he's uh, he's managed this whole uh, pressurized environment really well. And he knows World Cup next year. That's where the real judgment comes in. And unfortunately, um, that that you know there'll be a lot of pressure there, but. I think he's just, hes he's been brilliant for this team. And the players love him. I think um, he has a great kind of um, level of respect from all the people. And, uh, you know, that can change very quickly in sports, you know. Uh, unfortunately, you have nine brilliant results, one bad results, and uh, people can focus on that. But at the moment, we're, we're in a good place. And, you know, he's capped a lot of players as well. People forget that. Since since Andy Farrell has taken over, there's been a lot of new caps have have got opportunities, and he's not afraid to do that. And um, he's done a brilliant job and deserves to be nominated.
0: Yeah, he definitely has done some job. Um, Matt, just touch on a couple of other matches last weekend. Don't know if you saw it, New Zealand Scotland what a game that was. Scotland's best ever chance in my eyes to beat the old blacks didn't quite get it done, but they looked pretty good. But the old blacks came out too strong in the end.
1: Yes, New Zealand, um, you know, we've, we've sort of caught up a little bit with Ireland beating New Zealand. We forget New Zealand is still a very high-quality team. They, they won their trophy against South Africa. They won the championship, and they're steaming uh, full ahead at the moment. Uh, they've also got a you know, New Zealand A-side for want of a better term playing, so they're trying to develop their depth and they change some selections. But the, the Scotland performance, well, I think, remo- should remind us, Stuart, that if we look around the world, everyone is beating the top 10 teams are beating each other mm-hmm. regularly. It's, it's, it's amazing. Like Argentina beating England. The Wallabies should have beaten uh, uh, France. Ireland beat New Zealand. New Zealand beat South Africa. Ireland beat South Africa. Like, there is not a lot between the sides. And I think the refereeing has something to do with that, too, with the penalties at scrums are becoming far more frequent in the game. They change the game and penalties are, you know, are easy to come by because there's more of them. And the referees are being more pedantic. That's the way they've been told the referee. But that brings the gap between the sides or narrows the gap between the sides. And uh, Scotland played very well, not take anything away from them. Uh, uh, they played it really, really well. But that New Zealand side are getting back in the groove of learning how to win even when they're not at their best. They did it a couple of times. So... I think that's again encouraging for rugby across the globe, and it makes next year's World Cup fascinating because there is so little between the sides, and it also makes it hard for for Ireland because we've got Scotland in our pool, so we don't we don't necessarily want Scotland to be playing really well at this stage of the career, but but that's also hard. Look ahead to the Six Nations, Ireland have got to go to Murrayfield next year. So it's just a really if – you, if you look at what you were saying about the Irish side, so I've had a great time for Irish rugby, which it is, it's a, it's a really good time for international rugby at the top end because teams aren't getting wallet by 60 and 70 points like we saw a few years ago. There's not a lot between the teams. And teams that lose one week will win the next. and And that makes it really exciting for us – to bring it across to everyone out there, as as working in the media, but also just for the supporters watching the games. It's only the bookies that I think that are, uh, are getting a hiding at the moment, which is always good.
0: Alan, um, do you agree with Matt? There, so so competitive out there between all the teams, isn't
2: it? Yeah, it is, and it's uh, it's probably not what any of the international coaches really want as regards consistency. And uh, you know, anyone can beat on their day and I hope that is the case for the at the World Cup. I think these November internationals have been brilliantly brilliant. Um you just look at the Wales results, I think they were under a lot of pressure there against Argentina. You'd think I was fancying Argentina to beat them and um you know they got got it right. Um you know the result Italy against Australia is the one that really jumps out and any neutrals. I know Matt wasn't happy but anyway I think neutrals would, would, you know, think that's brilliant. Um, and it's obviously disappointing for Scottish, Scotland. It would have been, you know, they were in a great position. There were nine points up in that second half. I think the impact off the bench for New Zealand and a lack of panic um, got them over the line. But it is, um, yeah, there's a competitive kind of nature to this, and it's not as predictable as as maybe we've seen before, which is good for the game. Um I think, obviously, if you look at a World Cup next year and say, who's going to win it? You think, of course, France and South Africa will be probably the first two names. Um, but there's lots of teams there who could get their run right. And that run, sometimes we talk about World Cup cycles and, mm-hmm. and a two-year strategies and everybody getting everything right two years out. Sometimes it doesn't work like that. You know, people can get a run now in the Six Nations, one or two players come in. Staying injury free can be really important, and uh, you know, on a quarterfinal or semi-final, you could find one of those performances that we're certainly hoping for as 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 Irish people that we can find one of those performances. But you know, you look at the you look at the World Cups and the opportunities we had before when, with respect to you know. Uh, wales in 2011 it was a very good Welsh side who probably should have got to a final and beaten france in a semi-final but i fancied ireland and wellington that day i thought and they just never got never got it right 2015 in 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 in, in cardiff against argentina the five injuries after beating france top in the pool um avoiding new zealand we get we get argentina and you think this is a chance again. This is one that I think we're going to win. And um, we didn't. You know, the injuries actually came back to haunt us a little bit. Tommy Bow was missing O'Connell, Sean O'Brien, uh, Peter O'Mahony. Was there I'm one just bringing
0: people? up all the bad memories
2: <laughs> I know, but I, I just think, you know, we've had a bit of bad luck as well. We've had a bit of bad luck. And we're going to listen to it again if we don't get past to the quarterfinal, but Anyway, if we do get out of the group, we maybe the expectation won't be the same, and maybe the story will be different. Who knows? But um, you know, there's, there's. Uh, I just think these November internationals are they're brilliant to watch. Uh, Matt and I have spoken about this before. Uh, people often say they're they're friendlies, and you know they're test matches. There's, there's no trophies on the line. I think we will see in the future these games being more significant as regards maybe a, a global league which may in, in, improve the game again and improve the the viewerships and the people who have an interest in this but you know i played in test matches test matches are these games are not friendlies <laughs> they're not kind of blasé people want to win them um and they're they're termed as test matches but they're they're incredibly competitive and there's there's a lot of kudos for winning them and they're important. But um, I think it is great. Um, you go into a lot of these games now and you're not really sure who's going to win and who's going to get a performance right on the day. And that's certainly the case for Ireland's game on Saturday against Australia.
0: Yeah, you've answered my last question there. Matt, what are we saying Saturday? Are you going for an Ireland win?
1: Well, everything says Ireland should win. Um, you know, they record at the Aviva. They're, they're underfooted, They're number one on the world. Uh, and the Wallabies have just been beaten by Italy and lost, you know, th- th- their season has been highly inconsistent. They've beaten some good sides. But what we all, all the things we've just said, you cannot guarantee that. You cannot guarantee that the Wallabies won't turn up like they did in Adelaide, like they did uh, in Melbourne uh, against South, uh, South Africa and Adelaide, like they did in Melbourne against New Zealand, and like they did in Paris against France. If the Wallabies turn up in that frame of mind, they can win. And it, w- it would not surprise me at all. But we, I just can't guarantee that. I can't give anyone listening to the pod any evidence that that's going to be the case, except to say it's a possibility. But Ireland should win this game. It's, a, it's an excellent Irish side if they put that out. They're in great form. All the things we just said about their coach, their leadership, their their, their star players, uh, and and one other thing hooper against uh josh Mm vanderfleur the two best open side flankers in the world you know one of the all-time greats in hooper against a possible all-time great vanderfleur you you know that that alone will be brilliant and on a wet day open sides come into their own that's the day that they really they really earn their money and there is no way on god's green earth this is a friendly right so it's just not going to happen it just just doesn't occur. Alan is exactly right with that. I, I think it's gonna be a, a I think it's the game of the of the round, for want of a better term, across all the 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 games. I think this will be a really positive game because of the attitude both teams have. The rain might have a say, but really close game. Ireland should win, but won't be surprised at all if the men in green come a men in come away with it.
0: Well Matt, you've teed up perfectly there. Don't forget if you're listening, guys, to like and subscribe to the VMT Rugby Pod. It'd be great to have you along, lads. Thanks so much for today. Been really enjoyable as ever, and make sure you tune in Saturday night at seven o'clock on VMT TV 2 Should be great. Bye-bye.